How would you, yes you, rank each position group on this Texas football team? You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. On today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, Eric Nalene from Inside Texas released his pre-spring top 10 positional rankings for the University of Texas football team. And so I'm going to give his analysis, give you his top 10, tell you where I agree and disagree while also giving you my pre-spring top 10 positional rankings for this Texas football team on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get into these rankings, uh, a few people on YouTube have asked me about this hoodie that I have on. I got it from collegefootballstore.com. I haven't been able to respond to all of the comments. However, the last time I sent the link out, which was about a week or two ago, it has since been sold out. I'll check it again before I post this video. If it's not sold out, I'll post the link. But if not, just check out collegefootballstore.com, search Texas Longhorns, see what you can find. Uh, there was some pretty cool stuff on there. Now, like, getting into these top 10 rankings between Eric Nalin and myself of the position groups at the University of Texas on the football team right now. And just some quick housekeeping notes before we get into this. This is from Eric Nalin. This is how he made his list before we get to judging and saying he's off and he's wrong, right? He said, this is how I see things now, not how I'm projecting them for the season, Returning players and production matter. New additions with proven track records matter. Positions with less question marks will rate higher than those with more question marks. Without further ado, let's get into these lists. So Eric Nalin, the top positional group at the University of Texas, in his opinion, is the cornerback slash star room, which we just spent a little bit of time talking about yesterday. He says Texas has a proven quality starter in Ryan Watts who was a bit of a scheme multiplier, as well as returning late-season starter Terrence Brooks. Added to the fold is potential quality starter Gavin Holmes from Wake Forest. Austin Jordan is good enough to start as a sophomore as well. Jade Barron at star will be one of the best handful of players on the team as a senior, and behind him is Jalen Gilbo, who, like Jordan, would be ready to start. So I thought about this, and I completely agree with Eric Nalin. I have the cornerback room slash star room as number one on my list as well. And I think it comes down to, you know, that you have two bona fide starters at that position right now that were really good for you last year. Ryan Watts on the outside, Jade Barron at that star position. As he mentioned, you bring in Gavin Holmes from Wake Forest with two years of starting experience. Terrence Brooks looked really good as a starter last year. Austin Jordan looked good in spot duty last year. Jalen Gilbo can hand, uh, handle that star position if need be. And then you have Malik Muhammad, who was the number two corner in this class coming in, and you didn't even mention him. So I can definitely see why he has cornerback slash star number one, and I would agree with him. Moving on to number two, he has defensive tackle. He says Texas suffered key losses in Keandre Coburn and Moral Ojemo, two players who would be drafted soon enough. Tavondre Sweat return was as massive as the shadow he cast. Byron Murphy is a known going into next year who was also capable of a big season. Who knows if Alfred Collins will ever reach his potential, but between elevated expectations and the motivation of a 
contract year. That's in air quotes. He's going to be good at a minimum. Texas has other bodies that can throw into the rotation to keep the main three fresh. So while I agree with his sentiments about the defensive tackle room, I don't think that's enough to make defensive tackle the second best position group on this Texas football team right now. So I'm going to disagree with him. You know, I think that Savandre Sweat is really good. Him coming back to this defense was a big boost. Byron Murphy is a known. I thought he was going to have a bigger year than he did last year. So we're kind of projecting that he'll have a bigger year. Alfred Collins, we haven't seen it since 2020. So you're hoping, I guess, in a bigger role, he'll perform. Not exactly sure about that. Then after that, you're kind of relying on Shadir Mitchell, a true freshman, and some other names that really don't match what you have in Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. And like I said, I just don't know what you're going to get from Alfred Collins. I'm not comfortable putting defensive tackle as the second best position group on this football team right now. To me, I had to go wide receiver at number two. And I know there's some question marks, but there's a lot of proven production in that room. Say what you want about Xavier Worthy, but I mean, he has what, like 21, 22 touchdowns in like 23, 24 games. He's been special, even with a down year last year. A.D. Mitchell is proven. Albeit at Wyoming, Isaiah Nayor is proven. Jordan Whittington is proven, right? And then you have Brennan Thompson, who runs a 10-2. You brought in three top 100 receivers in this class. You got Casey Kane, who, if you put him on the field and use him, can be productive. To me, you know, I know there's some questions about this wide receiver room. You know, who's going to be healthy? Who's going to line up where? But as far as just the amount of dogs and proven talent in that room, I can't put it any lower than two. So we both have corner at number one. He has defensive tackle at two. I had the wide receiver room at number two. So his number three position group on the Texas football team is safety. He says safety is ranked this high based on the expected starters. Jaron Thompson is a quality starter with plus recognition and leadership skills and increase in his play is expected. Jalen Catalan's health will hang over the position into the season, but he's a known even if he hasn't done it in Austin yet. Keaton Crawford has elite athletic and physical tools to work with. Another year at the position should improve his ability to process. Michael Taft will be a year better and sets a good floor. Other players should at least be counted on for depth. I completely agree with everything he's saying. I have safety really high as well, not at number three. But, you know, like I said, we talked about that safety room quietly becoming one of the most stocked and talented rooms on this team and then he didn't even mention you know bj allen larry turner Gooden, uh warren robertson from this class so Derek williams i completely agree that there's a lot of talent in that safety room jaron thompson would be a lot better and if jalen catalan stays healthy look out that room is going to be really scary and you're going to get a lot of production from that safety room maybe even more than you got last year i have tight in at number three the reason i have tight in at number three is because i think in all of these other scenarios you're relying on multiple players. And in a lot of these position groups, you have, uh, you know, one dominant or really good player, and then you have question marks about your other players. For the most part, especially this year, when you're going to be running less 12 personnel than you did last year, you're going to be relying on JT Sanders as your sole tight end. And if I'm relying on one player at that position, give me JT Sanders, who's top five at his position in the country. How many players on this Texas football team right now can you say that about? They're top five at their position in the country. And then when you do have your two tight end sets, you can bring in Gunnar Helm, who has plenty of experience and probably has been underutilized at the University of Texas for what he can bring to this offense. So I'm going with tight end at number three, just because JT Sanders is top five in the country at his position. And that's what I'm going to be relying on at the tight end position. And Gunnar Helm is no slouch as well. I think that's a really strong position group, especially with JT with his pass catching and blocking ability. He's going to get drafted really high when he decides to declare. 
Number so that was three. He had safety at number three. I had tight end at number three. He has we kind of flipped him tight end at number four. It's kind of what I just said, right? The position gets a big bounce back from Jatavian Sanders' dual threat talents as a receiver and blocker. But I also believe Gunnar Helm will mature into a consistent quality player when the offense runs 12 personnel. Sanders should be a force multiplier. The reason I had them at number three, and I have safety at number four, basically for everything I just described, right? When he had safety at number three is that just the amount of talent in the room the proven talent the high-end talent in Jalen Catalan the proven commodity in Jaron Thompson the high floor player in Michael Taft you know and then so on and so forth all the talent and depth in that room like John Garcia said a million times Derek Williams can play right now right so uh safety quietly over the offseason became one of the best position groups on this University of Texas football team Eric Nalin had them at three I had them at four moving on to number five he has linebacker at number five. He says Jalen Ford lifts this position through both his individual play and leadership. Despite the questions surrounding Will linebacker, I'm bullish on the potential of both Leona LaFowle and Anthony Hill having quality true freshman campaigns. And they still may not even be out Maurice Blackwell. Jet Bush will be a more than serviceable backup to Ford with a full year back at his natural position. That is why he has linebacker at number five. I completely agree. When you bring back Jalen Ford, who should have been the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, one of the less, one of the best linebackers in the country, I have no arguments or concerns with him having linebacker at number five. The question for me is Jalen Ford and who else, right? You know that you have a lot of talent, Leona LaFowle, um, Anthony Hill, Mo Blackwell, and Jet Bush, if they're able to get a bigger role this year. But to me, there's just such a big drop off between Jalen Ford, the known commodity, and then everybody else being a question mark. Right. We would assume they're going to be really good, but they're still question marks at the end of the day. And because of that, I could not put linebacker that high, although I think that room could be really talented. This is one you could come back at the end of the year and say he ended up being number one. Right. If Anthony Hill is who we thought he was. But we saw last year it was Jalen Ford and then DeMarvin Overshone, and then it kind of dropped off a little bit. Right. So who's going to be? that guy next to Jalen Ford. We don't know that right now. I put defensive tackle at number five, right? You can't understate how big literally bringing back to Vondre Sweat was. He's really good. Byron Murphy has first team all Big 12 potential. Alfred Collins definitely has first team all Big 12 potential. I just have question marks about what you're going to actually get on the field outside from everybody not named Savandre Sweat right like I said I think Byron Murphy will be really good but I thought he would have been better than he was last year right can he reach that you know first team second team all big 12 potential and then you don't know what you have in Sadir Mitchell or anybody behind Alfred Collins and even Alfred Collins is kind of a big wild card himself but still a very really talented room a uh, big reason why this run defense approved last year and I expect them to be really good this year as well so he has linebacker at number five I have defensive tackle at number five. Give you a quick recap halfway through a word from FanDuel, and then we're going to do six through 10. Eric Nalin's top five position groups on this Texas football team, corner slash star, defensive tackle, safety, tight end, linebacker. John's top 10 from Locked On Longhorns, corner slash star at number one, wide receiver at number two, tight end at number three, 
Safety at number four, defensive tackle at number five. Feel free to let me know where you disagree in the comments. Quick word from FanDuel, and then we're going six through ten. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and how many threes are made. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel as an official sports betting partner of the National Basketball Association. All right, getting into the second half of this list Eric Nalin has the wide receiver room at number six. He says Xavier Worthy had a poor year, but at times he was sensational. It seems Sark started to understand Worthy's strengths and weaknesses better as the season wore on. I can agree with that. I love the addition of A.D. Mitchell because it improves both outside receivers just with one acquisition. Worthy is a more natural field receiver. Mitchell more suited for the boundary. More 11 personnel means Jordan Whittington will work from the slot. The whole goal is to get NFL players in their NFL positions and good things will happen. Despite Savion Red moving to running back, there should be plenty of depth at receiver, even if some of it is inexperienced. If Isaiah Nayor returns to full health, the receivers will run laps on opposing DBs. Yeah, I agree with everything you said, Eric Nalini. That's why I don't know why you have him down here at six. Like, I just don't think there's that many question marks in the wide receiver room, right? If Xavier Worthy is checked in and Quinn Ewers is better than he was last year, we have one of the best wide receiver rooms in the country easily in the Big 12. So that's the reason I had them at number two, because it's proven production. It's not just, I think this is going to happen. And that room is really talented, man. Assuming health, I don't see how you could put them any lower than two. He has them at number six. I have quarterback. At number six. And the only reason quarterback is at number six is because Malik Murphy has not thrown a pass. Arch Manning has not thrown a pass. And Quinn Ewers had, by most expectations, a down year, right? Based on his talent level coming into the University of Texas. But you tell me the offensive coordinator or offensive head coach right now that wouldn't sign up to coach Malik Murphy, Quinn Ewers, and Arch Manning. That's easily one of the best and most promising quarterback rooms in the country, even given what Quinn Ewers did last year. So I'm only putting them at six because two of them haven't thrown a pass and Quinn Ewers did not live up to expectations last year. But I mean, this room easily, if Quinn Ewers had a decent year, like if Quinn Ewers did what Dylan Gabriel did last year, there's no question quarterback would be at number one or number two on this list. The only reason it's down at six is because of the uncertainty. We don't know how much Quinn Ewers is going to develop coming into this season and we've never seen Malik Murphy or Arch Manning on the field but from just the talent in that room from a recruiting ranking I'm trying to bring in the best players at that position in that room very hard pressed to find a quarterback room in college football better than or more promising I should say than what Texas has so I have them down at six he obviously has them lower but you could make the argument especially if Quinn Ewers goes out and performs this year that it should be at number one or two and we had it too low going into the spring. Number seven for him is quarterback. I had it at number six. He has it at number seven. I loved what I saw from Quinn Ewers in the bowl game. I also liked what I saw from Sark. Ewers looked like a different quarterback than what we saw from Oklahoma State through TCU. I felt like he looked okay versus Baylor in the finale, but the O-line struggled some. 
He's demonstrating both growth on the field and off the field. He's doing the little things that will likely lead to very big things. Unless he received an NIL calendar deal, the fact that he's taking his nutrition and body more seriously is a blinking light saying he's taking everything more seriously. I can't wait to hear about his progress during the spring and just how real Sark's move toward 11 personnel is. There is no position in sports more dependent on timing than quarterback, and part of good or bad timing is a quarterback having a coach who schemes to his strengths. So I completely agree with everything he said. That's why I had quarterback at six. And like I said, you could completely make the argument that they should be higher. Only reason I have them down there is Quinn's lack of production and then the lack of experience from the other two. I had linebacker at number seven. And as I said earlier, it's just about the question marks outside of Jalen Ford, right? I know Anthony Hill comes in as the number one linebacker in the country. We just haven't seen it yet. Samaj Burrell, um, you know, Darion Gallet coming off an injury. Uh, Leona LaFowle, we haven't seen it yet, right? And then Jet Bush, Mo Blackwell, who's going to be that consistent starter next to Jalen Ford? And will they be able to match DeMarvian Overshawn's production, right? If not, then I think the linebacker room, as good as Jalen Ford was, takes a step back. And you also, and this is not me questioning Jalen Ford at all, but Jalen Ford was hungry last year to improve his draft stock, right? And put his name on the map. Now that he's done that and he's come back to the University of Texas, Will he still play with that same hunger or will he play to protect his draft stock? Right. Not putting that on him at all. But we've seen that from players before. So what version of Jalen Ford will we get this year? Because in the Alamo Bowl, let's be honest, he wasn't great. Right. So what version of Jalen Ford will we get for this season? That's why, at least right now, pre-spring, I'm a little lower on the linebacker room until I see who's going to be that guy next to Jalen Ford. Number eight, we match up again. We both have the offensive line. Texas has addressed the tougher task of offensive tackle better than anyone else in the league. If I broke these rankings into exterior and interior offensive line, the tackles would be the best position group on the team. That's fair. The interior still has questions over whether it can move people at the point of attack, while late season pass protection reveals some concerns as well. Also, the line won't have two NFL running backs behind them covering up mistakes. I think this group will be special, but I don't know what the time horizon is. I completely agree with that. I have them at number eight as well. Like you said, if you're talking about Kelvin Banks, he's one of the best left tackles in the country. I think outside of that, you have some question marks. Christian Jones was at right tackle last year. He was pretty good, right? Do you bring him back or do you put Cam Williams there at right tackle? If you put Cam Williams at right tackle, then where do you put Christian Jones? Do you put him at right guard, right? I know that uh, DJ Campbell is dealing with the injury. They're saying he's possibly going to miss spring ball right now. That's a question mark. Do you put Cole Hudson, you know, back there who at times definitely struggled at that right guard position? Jake Major struggled at center. Hayden Connor struggled at left guard, right? So are you going to replace them or how better are they going to look than they did last year, right? If we're just talking Kelvin Banks, you know, like he said, I think this is a top two, top three position group. But given the whole offensive line, I think they'll be better than last year. But until I see it, I have them down at eight. So he has edge at number nine, and his reasoning is this position probably has the most distance between ceiling and floor heading into next season. I believe in the young guys. They just haven't done it yet. Baron Sorrell sets a strong floor at Jack. I expect him to improve to around eight sacks or so. Pekakowski has developed some very strong edges out of players with far less pedigree than what he has now. Someone is going to break out this season, but nobody knows if it's Justice Finkley, Jare Bledsoe, Ethan Burke, or Jamon Tap. Whenever the light comes on for Bledsoe and Tap is when this position group shoots towards the top. So, you know, now that we're down at the bottom, we're kind of just mincing. Um, but I agree what he said about edge. I mean, you likely, if it's Baron Sorrell, Justice Finkley, Jare Bledsoe, whoever, there's just not a lot of production 
at the position. You don't have that guy or that dog that you can say, he's going to go out there and give me seven, eight sacks of this year, right? Baron Sorrell had five and a half sacks last year, but only had sacks in four out of 12 games. And then Justice Finkley had a half sack. I thought he had a full sack, but he had a half sack against Oklahoma, right? So I think these are very promising players that can thrive in that role. We just haven't seen it yet, and we don't have anything to go off of. You know, like I said, it's been a while since we've went into a season with a, a Joseph Osai or somebody that, you know, we said he could single-handedly wreck the game plan at edge. I just don't know if we have that player right now, and we really won't know until the season starts based on what we've seen in previous seasons. So I have running back at number nine because of everything I just said about edge. And the fact is, yeah, you don't really have anybody proven in that room. I do think Jonathan Brooks is more proven than we give him credit for, right? I mean, when he comes in, he's balled out. Right? He's averaged seven yards a carry in, I guess, almost, what, 50 carries now at the 40 acres. So it's not a B. John Robinson, Roshan Johnson sample size, but I would surmise that Jonathan Brooks is going to be really good, especially in this offense. I think running back is the easiest position to transition from, from high school to college and from college to NFL. Subsequently, I think Cedric Baxter is going to be really good. Jaden Blue was also the number one running back in the country at one point before he opted out his senior season. Savion Red, we've seen him do it at the high school level. Trey Wiseman is really talented. And we've seen Keelan Robinson for two years have a role on this Texas football team. So I had running back at nine. Spoiler alert, he has running back at 10. But right now, I would put the running back room over the edge room. Um, so I was surprised he had edge at nine and running back at 10. I, I just think that we can bank on more production from the running back room right now based on what we have than what we have at edge. His reason for having running back at 10 is I really wish the interior O-line had the same certainty surrounding it as the bookends. That would make things a lot easier for this group. Even though I have running backs at 10, I'm not down on them. Jonathan Brooks and Cedric Baxter could prove to be one of the better duos in the conference as soon as this season. That just requires a lot of projection. This is an exercise I'll perform throughout the offseason with updates based on new practice and program information. So that's just a nugget. I know most of y'all follow Inside Texas already. If you're not, make sure you're checking them out. Definitely uh, putting out great content every day. And as Eric Nalene said, he'll update this uh, throughout the spring. So keep an eye on it and see how his position groups change. I've already told you he had edge at nine, running back at 10. I had running back at nine, edge at 10. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. But as I said, I just if you ask me right now to put money on anybody on this Texas football team giving us eight sacks this year, I couldn't do it. I could not do it with 100 percent faith. And like I said, I have I love everybody in that room. Right. It's strictly about having not seen it yet. You know, but like I said, if you ask me right now to put money on somebody getting eight sacks at the edge position for the Texas football team right now. I couldn't do it. That's why I have them as my 10th position group. Recapping really quick, Eric Nalini's top 10 position groups on this Texas football team right now. Once again, given the caveat that the reason the rankings are this way is because this is how he's pro this is how he sees things right now, not how he's projecting them for the season. Returning players and production matter. New additions with proven track records matter. Positions with less question marks will rate higher than those with more question marks. That's why his top 10 was corner slash star at number one, defensive tackle at number two, safety at number three, tight end at number four, linebacker at number five, wide receiver at number six, quarterback at number seven, offensive line number eight, edge number nine, running back number 10. My top 10 here on Locked On Longhorns, corner slash star number one, wide receiver number two, tight end number three, safety number four, defensive tackle number five, quarterback linebacker offensive line running back and number 10 is edge thank you for tuning in to another episode of locked on longhorns part 
of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Hook them. Peace. Have a good week.